0: Listening to the Inside Fairfield Lacrosse Podcast, hosted by JJ Duke, an all access pass to Fairfield University Lacrosse. And
1: welcome back to another episode of the Inside Fairfield Lacrosse Podcast. We're in the back half of a double pod week. Earlier on this week, we had the MAC Women's Lacrosse preview show with head coach Laura Field as she broke down everything that's looking in that circuit and Fairfield women off to a good start, defeated Quinnipiac. Uh, on Wednesday, by nine goals, the they will be up at Niagara coming up this weekend. But now it's the men's turn as CAA play begins. The conference that you have to hang on to both sides of your seat because it's going to be a five-week roller coaster. Head coach Andy Copeland is here with me and coach. Uh, You know, we'll kind of look back briefly at the non-conference season as it just concluded uh, last weekend when you guys took on Villanova. But, you know, we've put so many different superlatives onto what the CAA is like week in, week out. But this is really where the season begins. You know, got to get yourself into the conference tournament to give yourself a chance for the NCAA tournament.
0: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, we're uh, we're a proud member of, of the CAA, which is, uh, you know, arguably one of the top three conferences nationally. So, uh, you know, we kind of understand uh, the challenges that that pose. But uh, there are some real opportunities there, too, when we feel like we've gotten better throughout our non-conference slate. So uh, uh, we just hope to play well here on Saturday. It'd uh, be nice to, to, to get this one and start the CAA season off 1-0. Fairfield opens up against Delaware this weekend. That game
1: is scheduled for 1 p.m., which, of course, you can watch on the Stag Sports Network on the Fairfield Athletics Facebook page. This past weekend, Fairfield took on Villanova, and it was certainly a game of two halves, if you will. It was uh, pretty windy, blustery conditions. It was a little bit... I don't want to say sloppy, but it was a bit disjointed at the midfield at times. Both teams had some uh, tough passing sequences going forward. I think in the second quarter alone, it might have been a two-minute period where the ball just kept ping-ponging between the two restricted lines. But overall, I appreciated how the group played because I know this was the back end of a tough stretch, seven games in three weeks or I think like 22 days or something like that. But you didn't see the fatigue come out at all they look like they were ready to go and especially that first half it was a group that certainly showed why they've been winning
0: three straight and you know the majority of these games during the stretch yeah I'll compliment the guys for their effort I mean I I I frankly thought we, we outplayed Villanova for about 44 minutes and that that last minute in the third quarter still still keeps me up at night but um we, we we played really hard, and despite some of those kind of careless turnovers that you referenced in the first half, uh, you know, I thought we just kind of kept kept playing, kept battling. Uh, you know, a couple couple unfortunate errors. I mean, I I realized that we felt after the first quarter we probably should have been up five one, and then going into the fourth quarter, I felt like we should have had a three goal buffer. Unfortunately, it was eight eight going into the fourth stanza, and they kind of had the momentum and they they grabbed it late in the third and kept it you know the the whole way in the fourth, and we just weren't able to. to to, to kind of come back. Um, But give our guys, uh, you know, again, a a real compliment for just the effort. I thought they they, they played their tails off during what was a pretty challenging stretch for us.
1: Yeah, that it was. And you talk about how team could have been up five or six one after the first quarter will Vinton in goal for Villanova absolutely stood on his head in the first half he made some acrobatic saves that you didn't think that was going to be coming but you know at the same time there's still the balance that was there Beckwith had a couple Strau had a couple Jack Brennan showing nicely over the last couple of weeks he scored two Travis Ford got himself on the board as well so I remember you've talked frequently about looking for not just shots for shots sake you're looking for shots within system make them count and I think even with Vitten the majority of the efforts that you took were really high percentage takes.
0: Yeah I would agree with that I thought we uh, you know at times ran some really good offense and you know offense is all about just are you generating the kind of shots that that you want to generate with with the right people taking those shots and I felt like uh, for the majority of the time, we did that and discredit their goalie. I mean, that's one of the unique elements all across is, is is the goalie can steal the show sometimes. And uh, it, you know, I, I thought our, I thought our own goalie, I thought Needy played very well too. So I'm sure the, the Villanova guys can kind of say the same thing about us. Um, but uh, it was two good goalies kind of duking it out, and unfortunately, that one just went Villanova's way. But uh, you quickly have to turn the page here now that the the conference plays right around the corner.
1: Yeah, I'm curious with that game, how much did that emulate like a CAA conference game? Obviously. Almost all those games go down to the wire. You have you know, good defense, locking horns, as you mentioned, a couple good goalies, and there are going to be a couple good goalies that we'll see throughout this conference slate. It, it definitely had the feeling like what could have been a game in mid-April that you really have to try and slug it out.
0: Yeah, sure. I mean, that, that's ultimately why you schedule the, the Georgetown's and the Rutgers and the Villanova's of the world, is just to make sure that you're, you're battle-tested come conference play. Um, I think, you know, in that Villanova game in particular, I think both sides would say that there were probably far too many self-inflicted wounds. Uh, and, and, and that does not bode well for CAA lacrosse, because CAA lacrosse is a lot of almost like it's, it's kind of like a don't-beat-yourself conference where it can be played at a fairly conservative pace and with a conservative style. So we got to be uh, a little bit more efficient than we were in certain areas of the field. But, uh, but uh, you know, I think our guys are up for the task here. You talk about that last minute of the third quarter going into the fourth. That's where Villanova
1: kind of got the momentum back into it. What have you seen now when you look back at the film and you talk about the players saying, okay, these are the things that we need to fix so it doesn't happen again once this weekend comes around.
0: Well, I thought we had, uh, you know, we had another handful of failed clears in the first half. We adjusted some things at halftime. I actually think we were perfect clearing the ball in the second half. So hopefully that can, you know, that can. Uh uh, apply itself come conference play as well uh, I, I thought we had some quick possessions offensively and uh, and I went back and obviously you have watched our Delaware game from last year and Delaware basically played twice as much offense as we played in that game so that's something that we need to uh, we need to, to, to flip here is uh, you need to go ahead and grind down their defense a little bit but in the process you also rest your own defensive personnel and you know it's supposed to be 62 63 degrees on Saturday so it's gonna it's gonna be warm there may be some fatigue at times that 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 kind of creeps in but uh you can kind of manage some of that by by the tempo that you play at yeah
1: and obviously you know now with Fairfield having a full week off as opposed to playing the two games per week kind of a hectic schedule the one thing that I don't think I've ever seen up until that game was the fourth quarter where there was a six-on-three penalty opportunity. Uh, we had a couple of guys go offside. This was at the 10-37 mark left to go in the quarter. Dylan Beckwith gets called for a tripping, but Fairfield killed that one off. I'm curious, first off, how often do you guys actually practice going six-on-three man down just because you never know it might happen?
0: Yeah, you know that's one of those situations you don't really practice. Fair um, I mean, you, you you practice pretty much everything else, but uh, but I think you know, in, in in all my years of coaching, I think I've only experienced that 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 one single time. So give our guys a lot of credit there. They just uh, they just played fast and kind of forced them into a, an average shot. James made a great save, and we just. Uh, you know, it, uh, it it was an opportunity uh, for us to kind of get that momentum back and we've been able to respond at the other end, but unfortunately that just wasn't wasn't the way it went down.
1: Which I think, though, has been kind of beautiful looking back on perspective because now the guys know in case you have that six-on-four-down defense, you get a big stop. That's where you have to know, okay, we've got the momentum. Now we have to go out. And, you know, kind of grasp it, take advantage of the opportunity. So, yeah, I thought it was interesting. I've never obviously seen it before. You said you've only seen it once, but fair play, especially the polls as well. you got to pack it right on top of the crease. And, you know, they didn't allow too many grade A shooting chances. And, of course, Anidi comes up with a big save. So, that was certainly interesting. But now we kind of take a quick look back perspective here at non conference play. Wraps up 5 and 4 overall. You know, I know at the beginning of the year you said you know, were all tight just taking this in process, trying to learn you know, about each other, learn what our style is going to be. Now looking back, before we get into conference play, where are you with the team right now? Do you think you've hit the, the amount of boxes that you need to hit, or is there still maybe
0: something left to be desired? Uh, yeah, I mean uh... – I wish we were nine and zero. Sure, um, sure. It, You know that that certainly uh, was the hope. Uh, but you know, I mean, for five and four for us to kind of have have a winning record going into conference play. For us to have those couple overtime victories and kind of having that experience to to pull from. Uh, you know, there's a third one goal win in there against uh, against Sacred Heart. And then us feeling like we were very much in the Rutgers game, very much in the Villanova game. Uh, you know, Georgetown. I'm not sure they they, they certainly had our number, but that uh, you know that that team very easily at the end of this thing could, could find themselves in the top ten. So uh, I think we we have had the necessary experiences, uh, and CAA lacrosse is all about. Uh, it's just about who plays better for longer and uh you know we we have to be really efficient at both ends of the field uh the 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 face-off battle is going to be critically important um and then you you know like i mentioned before you just you can't you can't beat yourself with with sloppiness or with mental errors but uh you know it's one of those things that we, we don't need to talk about too much i think everybody understands ca lacrosse a little bit more magnified um and that's our ticket to the postseason here so uh you know i i I know Delaware is going to be ready, and I feel very confident that we're going to be ready.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We look at this Delaware team coming in, 7-2 and two overall coming in. Uh, you know, Coach DeLuca has done a really good job, this only being his second season at the helm. You know, last year they get into the conference tournament. Uh, they played a very tough game against you guys last year, but now it's back here at Rafferty Stadium. You know, Fairfield is an opportunity you know, in the midst of a nice three-game homestand to really set the tone early on. Is it crucial to get out first five ten minutes or so to have a good start and to set the tone early, knowing that you're gonna have a couple of battles of attrition later on, and you never know how
0: those are gonna swing. Yeah, you always want to have a fast start, no doubt about it. But this game's not gonna be won or lost in the first five minutes. It's gonna be it's gonna be a 60-minute effort. And like I said before, whoever plays better for longer. But um, you know we've uh, we've had a good week of practice right now, so I feel uh, I feel good about where we're at, and we just need to we need to make a couple little tweaks here and there uh, but then at the end of the day we got to do us and you know Delaware is going to do them and whoever does that better is going to going to come out on top
1: yeah they're keys obviously they've got a really strong attacking group with Charlie Kitchen um, Joe Isles in there as well indeed indeed Simone who had a six goal game against Michigan but you've guys faced obviously some very good attacking units up until this point that's why you play these non-conference games to prepare for similar situations so is have this attacking six that comes in with Delaware is there kind of a similar team that you've seen in the past that you know, might say hey you know this is not a perfect carbon copy but it's something that we could build on
0: yeah I think uh I mean, pr- probably like a little bit of a hybrid of, of a few of our opponents, um, but they, you know, right now in the top six that you mentioned, I think five of those six guys are are attackmen or converted attackmen. Mm-hmm. So there's a there's a pretty high level skill set there. Uh, they have a freshman Canadian kid, Kurtz, who I think is the real deal, but uh, but six and thirteen are their are their big guns. Those guys uh, those guys kind of kind of stir the drink and uh, and they're the real deal. So. Uh, we're obviously planning for them the same way that they're planning for for kind of our alphas as well. Um, but it's uh, there's going to be some there's going to be some real talent out on that field come Saturday.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and you know, another battle of the goalies as well as Corsinetti is really yeah I love the way that he's played. He's coming to his own this season. It's it's tough being a freshman coming in new set of rules this year as we've kind of broke down before in the past but he just looks confident right now I think he's communicating really nicely with his defense and I'm hoping you know for his sake he goes out and has a really good start here in CAA play to kind of you know show everybody what he was doing in the non-conference season.
0: Yeah, I think he's made quite a statement on the national scene already. He just, uh, you know, it's everything I've said in the past about him. But he just, uh, he 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 knows how to compete. He knows how to prepare, and he has uh, the utmost kind of faith and confidence from staff and his teammates right now.
1: And lastly, looking at their goalie Matt Deluca, now something that struck me is, you know, he's a big boy in cage, six foot six. You don't often see the big guys in between the pipes, but he's also. Uh, you know, a real player in there, seven and two this season with the 6.20 save percentage. So he knows how to get shots off. Now, when you prepare to face big goalies, you know, obviously you'd say, okay, you know, to the natural observer, shoot low because you never know, going down low. But how do you prepare for something like that, knowing that he's a pretty good
0: shot stopper in his own right? Yeah, he's got great hands, and obviously just because of his size, he, he kind of falls into that category of being a blocker too where he can just get a piece of a lot of different shots. So uh, it just b- b- big goalies, they just force you to shoot uh, maybe a little bit more to the edges. Um, sometimes one of the advantages from from you know having a big goalie in there is opposing teams oftentimes miss the cage just because there's not nearly as much room um but uh but you know we just we're we're not going to change change too much we don't get too too gimmicky with our with our shot selection or how we're kind of teaching and asking guys uh to shoot the ball they just uh they have to, to to shoot their shot and uh you know hopefully we can get a few past him because he's uh he's the real deal as you mentioned 62 percent is uh that's a high safe percentage for a goalie nowadays and um he's he's every bit as advertised
1: certainly it's going to be a fun one to keep an eye on and obviously it's a busy weekend as well in addition to the Delaware Fairfield game uh, as they do in the CAA all games pretty much starting at the same time so you have Hofstra at Towson at noon Drexel at at UMass that'll be a 1 p.m. start and lastly I know we kind of touched this quickly at the beginning of the season but this is the year for the three home games two away games in conference play I know you know it rotates every year but it's got to be a nice thing knowing that now at this stage you have the chance to play in front of your home fans give them something really to get behind and I think Fairfield for the most part as well has played you know had very good stretches at home so you know for the fans coming out this is going to be a good one this is where they got to buy in be behind the team and you know the team's gonna have to do their job as well
0: yeah no doubt we're uh we're excited you know three three out of our last five to play in front of our home fan base here in, in in rafferty stadium uh you know but uh but right now all the focus is on uh, is on the blue hens here we got a good squad coming to town
1: stags and blue hens coming up this saturday at 1 p.m coach it's a pleasure as always appreciate it jj thanks for tuning in to this episode of the inside fairfield lacrosse Podcasts. Is you can go back and of course w- listen to all of our recent and past episodes by subscribing to the stag sports network on both itunes as well as soundcloud or you can listen right here of course on fairfieldstags.com make sure to keep in tune with us on social media at fairfieldstags at stags men's Lacks, and at stags women's Lacks. so until next time go stags The Inside
0: Fairfield Lacrosse Podcast is a presentation of Fairfield University Athletics. For all information related to Fairfield Lacrosse, log on to fairfieldstags.com.